Blog Talk Radio. It's December 16th, 2018. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Just a second. Radio Show. There we go. Where progresses for change. There we go. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, bring. Tonight, we are joined by co-host Jeff Brown, and I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Sorry about that te- technical difficulty. Please remember that good leadership is never about power and control or self-interest, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Having said that, we certainly hope all the listeners stayed safe and had a wonderful weekend in this holiday season this past week. Let me bring on Jeff. We're going to change up a little bit. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm good, right? Good. Not good? How are you? Oh, I'm you're good. doing good, right? You? Oh, okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so what's what's going on in your neck of the woods uh, south of Detroit today, this week, this past week. I don't, not much. Um, hardly anything. Just well, you, you didn't you help somebody? Did you help somebody last week? Didn't you give them? Yeah, I helped help the coworker. Um, she needed neck surgery, and she didn't have nobody to drive her, so I volunteered. Um, so I'm retired now, so I have that kind of time. I drove her to the hospital. Uh, drove her home. She had some neck surgery. Um, yeah, she's going to be off work for about six months because of it. She fell off the ladder. Um, but she's doing good. She's up walking around to wear uh, that neck brace for about six weeks. Uh-huh. But she'll be out of work for six months. Um, so we want her to heal that quickly and Correctly, um, we don't want to go back in the plant until she's ready to go physically. Um, so that was my my big week. Um, she's a good friend. She's a member of our our group. Um, and your lo- and your local too, right? In my local, yep, local three thousand. Yeah, yeah. She, she's right. a former police officer. Wow. Yeah. In yeah. So you're still you're still out there helping people, even though you're retired. <laughs> That's kind of nice. Oh yeah. 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 Good. That's good. Well, I, I'll go through my week a little. Uh, yeah. Monday, I had to drive to the, the Detroit area uh, to pick up a friend from the uh, the airport. Uh, give you a call while I was down the area, and you were busy with your friend, actually giving some mm-hmm. aid and assistance. I think that was Monday night, so uh, yeah, Monday we couldn't night. get. Yeah, we couldn't get together, but uh, and then I, uh, you know, I'm involved with this Hispanic Christmas Symposium. I have been for many, many years, and we this year the uh, goal was to give uh, raise money for uh, the community center, this Hispanic community center, Crystal Ray, uh, and we raised several thousand dollars, I believe. We haven't got a final count on it yet, but um, you know, this goes to people who are 
in abstract poverty for health care and meals, transportation, uh, counseling if they need it. My own doctors, my personal doctor's husband, my personal doctor's female, uh, is uh, her husband is the doctor at this center. Uh, and, you know, it just speaks volumes about the type of people that I choose uh, and that are in our community uh, that do wonderful things. Uh, so we raised uh, quite a bit of money, um, and that event was actually held on Friday, and I got to see a number of folks that I hadn't seen in a year, some of them a little bit less. Uh, we have a new judge, uh, Shauna Dunnings, probate judge. She ran out of post. She was acclimated uh, to her position as probate judge. She's a very, very fine uh, attorney, now judge-elect and soon-to-be judge, and uh, she's just done a, a, a lot of things in the community, uh, including being friend of the court and all, just all manners of things. She's a, a court administrator now, chief court administrator, so she handles all things, complaints, et cetera, uh, regarding, and, and assignments uh, regarding the court system. Uh, so uh, she's been involved a long time. She'll be a good judge for our community, uh, and I look forward to that. I happened to see her and got a chance to talk to her, uh, know her brother quite well and helped uh, him in the past. So, uh, But uh, I also had an opportunity to have dinner on uh, throughout the week with the military officers of our area, and I was able to sit next to the commanding officer for the Marines uh, in charge of all things Marine here locally, but also the Toys for Tots. And uh, I've had a number of people reach out to me to think about trying to help the Toys, to to Toys for Tots uh, in ways to do that and market a little differently and maybe uh, go some different areas. Uh, and so I had the opportunity to ask him personally, what do you need? And he said he needs help with the golf outing. This is when's golf outing? He said October is our off of the, uh, you know, the fundraising efforts and toys efforts for the unwrapped toys uh, in in our area. Uh, so I said, well, I'll do what I can to assist you in making that uh, golf outing uh, much better. So those of you that are listening that are golfers, uh, please consider keeping open. I think it's the second weekend, probably Saturday of October. That date's yet to be determined, but around then uh, to... Uh, sign up and get a foursome together, two or three foursomes, and uh, come on out to Hawk Hollow. That's where it's going to be, across from Eagle Eye, the golf course there. We'd love to fill up all 36 holes with the team and maybe have some spillover into Eagle Eye. That would just be amazing if we had 500 golfers out there that day kicking this off, and there would be just all manner of uh, marketing and press on this when it comes up. So everybody keep that in mind, please. We're, we're going to be pushing that throughout the year. A little reminder probably once a month and then until we get to it. That Toys for Tots golf outing is going to be an amazing event this year. Uh, they they did just amazing things. They've been distributing all weekend to the, uh, uh, the young people uh, and the families in need. Uh, so it's just you know, I think everybody knows what Toys for Tots is. It's just an amazing thing, and uh, they ask for our help. So let's do what we can to try and help them out. Uh, so, you know, I, I kind of travel in different circles 
than a lot of us do. So I, I want to bring those uh, um, contacts and experiences back to you, the listeners, in our membership, so that you get the benefit of uh, my discussions with some of the people that you may or may not come in contact with. So thanks for everybody for listening to that and putting up with that. But it's been been a pretty nice week. Later in the week, it uh, wound up being uh, quite nice. On Friday, we don't, though we had a lot of fog. Uh, and you'll see something that, that happened on Friday. I'm, I'm getting a, a picture uh, of uh, the Capitol building shrouded in fog from the 12th story across the street uh, where a friend of mine has an office in the Romney building, and uh, he happened to take a picture of this, and we'll get those that out and get it posted. It's just amazing uh, to see the Capitol, but knowing what occurred in the Capitol, and you'll hear this, uh, I think it's our, one of our last announcements uh, about what uh, occurred in the Capitol building on Friday during all this fog that we had. It was really, really foggy. They shut the airport down about 10 o'clock on Friday night. So uh, having said that, uh, let's kind of get into the announcements. Uh, Jeff and I discussed this, and we're going to kind of go back and forth. I think maybe, uh, uh, Jeff, can you take the first three and uh, and go with the first three announcements, and then I'll, I'll kick in with four, and we'll see where we are after that, okay? Sure, Leroy. Announcement number one, Working for a Living Radio Show continues to support better care for everyone. Announcement number two, Working for a Living Radio Show continues to support the end of corporations being considered legal citizens. Number three, Working for a Living vehemently opposes General Motors' November 26th decision to embolish it into a reverse that will kill conceived decisions immediately. Okay, announcement number four. On December 11th, it was reported that 80% minimum capacity is the requirement to make money to keep a manufacturing plant's doors open. And there are two assembly plants in Michigan, one in Kentucky, and one in Kansas that are General Motors plants that are operating far below their production capacity. Mayor Shore, if you and your staff are listening in the greater Lansing area, it would behoove you to listen to experienced auto workers on such matters. As far too many times, commitments have been made by major manufacturing corporations that have been changed leaving commun- instantly, leaving communities devastated. So. Please pay attention, just just a little bit. I think we try to give you a little heads up now and then. Sometimes you listen, and well, other times. Um, announcement number five, December 11. Disney Disney tickets, thirty thousand dollar parties and shotgun gifts. Oh my! The Main Street media reiterated the gifts from the National Training Center to uh, members of our union on December 11th, so that was quite interesting. Uh, Jeff, you want to take six, maybe seven? Okay. Uh, December 11th, 42 senators wrote, signed an op-ed in the Washington Post, honoring the current 
senators or senators' colleagues to uphold democracy and the U.S. Constitution void of partisan politics or personal interests. Number seven, December 11th, or I'll announce his closing, the Juliet plant laying off 285 people. Uh, keep losing jobs. Eight. Yeah, lots, a lot of jobs. Go ahead and take eight, Joe. December 12, 2018, Verizon, after receiving a $4 billion from Trump tax cuts, announced it will eliminate 10000 400 jobs in 2019. Announcement number nine, December 12th, local union 2209 members at Fort Wayne Truck, General Motors uh, plant, held a strike vote over wages and authorized a strike by a vote of 99% yes for the non-skilled and 100% yes for the skilled members there. Thanks to any and all of those who in 2209 leadership uh, got this, the authorization for this vote, as well as the members who participated in the vote, whether you voted yes or no. Thank you for participating in that. We need to vote every time. Thank you. Announcement number 10. On December 12th, General Motors CEO Mary Barra stated, I quote, I had a very constructive meeting today with members of the Michigan Congressional Delegation. I share their concerns about the impact the actions we announced last week will have on our employees, their families, and the communities. These were very difficult decisions, decisions I take very personally. I reiterated to all members I met with this week from Michigan, Ohio, and Maryland that many hourly workers at the impacted U.S. plants will have the opportunity to work at other U.S. GM plants and that we are committed to working with them to minimize the impact on the communities. I also informed them that the salaried General Motors workers impacted by these actions are being offered outplacement services to help them transition to new jobs. End quote. Please note, many hourly employees will have the opportunity to work at other U.S. plants to the exclusion of any and all temporary employees who do not automatically attain seniority status and thus are not afforded opportunities to relocate. That is our comment to her statement. More to follow. Uh, I'll do 11. You pick up 12, Jeff, if you don't mind, and have a closing little statement there. Uh, Announcement number 11, December 14th, Michigan Governor Rick Snyder, a Republican, has an R behind his name, signed controversial bills in the lame duck session to weaken minimum wage and paid sick leave initiatives. Under the revised law, Michigan minim- Michigan's minimum wage will increase from 9.25 to 12.05 by uh, per hour by the year 2030, slowing the march to $12 an hour by 2022 called for in the initiative. The minimum wage for tipped restaurant workers will rise to $4.58 by 2030 instead of $12 by 2024. 
In other words, a lot less, a lot longer. And the paid sick leave law will exempt more than 160,000 small businesses. So the small businesses get a, a pass. Okay, Jeff, you want to take 12 and close that? Sure. On December 5th, 15th, 2018, Bordstown's last day of work is moved from March 1st to the middle of March, believed to be Sunday, March 10th. Wow, what a week in U.S. labor. Yeah, it is. A lot of things happening. A lot of things happening. Yes, there are. Yeah, and I, I you know, I hope we got everything. I'm, I'm just not sure. But uh, we, we had a number of emails, uh, some kind of held over from last week, uh, and because we kept that theme last week with the partner thing. A little bit more here about partners and some some other questions this week and comments. Um, so I'll, I'll carry this email section out, and then we'll get into our uh, uh, Paulist Awards ceremonies there. So um, uh, email number one, uh, Leroy, last week you said you were going to do something about Mary Barra calling the IUAW her partners, IUAW being the international UAW. What did you mean by that? Name with who? Well, in, in my opinion, I believe I know why she referred to the IUAW as her partners, and I am working to have others in authority with subpoena power to realize, understand, and take action on that. We'll see where that goes, you know. Um, there's, you know, this is really affecting not just our our corporation and our work, but the entire country. So we'll see where that all goes, but it happens to be more manifest in in ours. Uh, email two: I don't believe that autonomous vehicles will be viable in the rural area in which I live. Name withheld. Well. As it happens, I've had many conversations with some PhDs on this matter, and this was confirmed by a uh, general staff member uh, at my military officer's dinner. I had the opportunity to speak with him. He's sitting at our table as well, uh, and I had a, a sidebar after the, the dinner with him. And uh, they have, for many years, been taking photographs of every road in the nation, whether it be a small two-track or one of the largest uh, expressways, six, eight-lane-wide expressways that you can imagine. And then they take two images and put those out uh, as you're moving and determine how far a specific object is from you. And they can determine at speed, expressway speed of 70 miles an hour to within 18 inches exactly where your vehicle is. Okay, so they, they uh, you've heard me talk about the, the limit to uh, machine learning, uh, artificial intelligence, is simply the cameras only can see in two dimension. They can't see in three dimension. By using this method, they can now see in three dimensions. It's not perfect, but it's uh, pretty good. Uh, he confirmed that they've been taking these pictures 
uh, and determining distances from points uh, to where you're actually at for several years. And they're nearing completion, having done the entire nation. So it doesn't matter how rural or urban your setting is. For those people that don't think, don't think <laughs> that they are uh, going to have that in their area, yes, they can and soon will. Uh, this is coming. Uh, somebody's still going to have to build these vehicles, uh, so we're still going to have some aspect of this. But remember, robots are out there too, and that's a whole different discussion. But the notion that autonomous vehicles and proximity sensors to these vehicles so that they never uh, have or seldom have an accident once they get this perfected is, is going to change the, the whole dynamic even more than what it has been. Um, so uh, just, just understand this is coming. Uh, some of us, including me, <laughs> are going to fight it because, as I told on Friday night, the uh, local dealership representative that was at our uh, Christmas party, uh, I, you know, start having the phrase uh, driving is therapeutic in your uh, presentation as you talk to your customers. When you start laying that out there, that driving is therapeutic beyond just getting from point A to point B, you're going to slow the process a little bit uh, in, in our lifetime. But we'll see this in our lifetime. You know, I mean, they have stem cell research out there that's going to almost double our life, and that'll be here in five years. So there's a lot of stuff going on out there. Please be open to thinking about this in new and different ways, okay? All right, uh, email number three, and this is on me. Uh, Leroy, there has been a number of devastating announcements regarding layoffs, non-allocation of product, and plant closings. Brother, you ran for president of the International Union. In your view, in view, I'm pardon, sorry, in, in view of the absence of anything but meaningless rhetoric by those now in office, what would you be doing had you been elected? And that came from several different people, and we withheld their names. First of all, thank you for your questions. And this is not uh, an easy answer. There is no one answer fits all, but there are some overriding things that I'd like to address. First, it is not just now after the fact, but also since the convention that need, things needed to be done. As I stated at convention, Monday night in the Meet the Candidates, okay, uh, I, uh, after elected and during convention, okay, I would have signed a document during the convention that ended the reason for the partnership of the corporations and our union leadership. That doesn't mean we're not going to get along. It just ends that formalized partnership that's outside of government document or uh, uh, contractual documentation or constitution documentation. And it deals with 
dead peasants insurance. Okay, we would have dealt with that. So that partnership that's been affected would have ended on day one. Okay, so that puts everybody on an even playing field. There's no advantage for any of the leaders, and that money starts to flow down into the, from the revenue stream to the profit, bottom line profit. And the stakeholders, those are government, it's not getting a bite out of the apple, the stock and bond holders that are not getting a bite out of the apple, we, the uh, active and retired employees, and the communities in which these corporations exist would have more and a bigger piece of the pie. You've heard how big the pie is from the last two uh, uh, iterations of the current administration. Okay, second, our union has been signatory to several one-sided MOUs, most especially the recent competitive operating agreements. These are without getting anything in return for our members. Please remember, give and get is what collective bargaining is all about. Both sides are supposed to be winners, not just one. I would work with the local union leadership because this is against the law for me to just make a decision, okay, on these matters, okay, on these matters, these contractual matters, okay, some admin things that are legal to do, but this this is one that you can't do. It has to be bottom-up. And so I would work with the local union leadership and their elected sub-council representatives to affect MOUs that would benefit our membership. Most immediately, MOUs that would give temporaries access to seniority benefits, such as sub-payments and seniority rights for the ability to test their time to transfer to other corporate facilities. In other words, it have an opportunity to continue to exist inside our corporation. And should they hit the street, the benefit of subpayments. And those were designed for the least seniority among us to benefit so they didn't have these big loops and somehow these have been given away over time in the 2015 most especially agreement CBA. Third, uh, we start to get outside of our realm here. Okay, I would not have allowed Mary Barrow, the CEO of General Motors, off as easy as to arrogantly inform our union and all government levels of her decision. I would have demanded that, in light of GM's begging for the previous bailout, that she now justify her numbers for these decisions to our union, local, state, and federal governments, and keeping in mind that state and federal government hold subpoena power authority. In doing that, to also demand that Congress at a show cause hearing by whatever department or committee may uh, feel that they have the authority 
require GM CEO Mary Berra, this is good, so pay attention, require GM CEO Mary Berra to defend the decisions of her corporate U, uh, U.S. corporate citizen, General Motors, and to convince Congress why General Motors and or executives of General Motors should not be charged and penalized for corporate financial treason regarding its decisions to relocate massive amounts of work from the U.S. to other foreign countries. More on that a little bit later. And that, my sisters and brothers of our union, is the contrast of a union with a corporate ethos and a union with a labor ethos. And admonishing government at all levels with the notion that we are at global financial war. And we need to make sure everybody understands that. Okay. So I want to make a little comment about that. Everybody that's out there that says politics aren't important to unionism, do you see by my third element here how it's advantageous to have a good working relationship with elected officials so that you can have fair hearing and hold to account abusers of the system and our country. It's important. Okay. Well, thanks to all the email writers for your questions and comments. I hope you appreciate my uh, off-the-cuff uh, the uh, response. I did, I did fashion this a little bit, but there's a lot more that can be done. But these are things that we would be doing had we uh, been elected as indicated by the question. This would not be as easy as it is currently for this corporation to just have an edict and force it down everybody's throat and, and arrogantly inform us of their decision. Yeah, it's, con it's in the contract, but there's things outside the contract that we can do. And we should be taking a look at some MOUs to help our members, not just help the corporation. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll give the, the quote to Jeff, but I'm going to take the definition, this week's definition. And it's holding in, like we, like we try to do, keeping in in uh, sort of a context with what the, uh, uh, the, the gist of the show is, or at least this part of it. Uh, definition of treason. Treason, the crime of betraying one's country, defined in Article 3, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution. Quote, treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort, end quote. Our financial enemies are gaining economic and financial comfort from the decisions of some corporations in our country, in my opinion. It qualifies. 
all citizens, human and corporate, are subject to the same constitutional measures. Okay? So you see why I'm coming from my third element that I quoted here earlier. So, Jeff, you want to take the quote this week? I think you're familiar with this one. Oh, yes. I'm very familiar with it. You have enemies? Good. That means you stood up for something sometime in your life. And that was from Winston Churchill. I do happen to have that exact quote hanging on my wall. Um, that's what it means. I have a lot of enemies because I've done something good in my life. And I'm good with that. I'm very good yeah. with that. I, Jeff, I tell you, you know, uh, when I retired, they, they said, oh, yeah, he's crazy. First they started to get me back, tried to get me back after I retired. They actually sent me a, <laughs> a, a letter to be going to the uh, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, SPO unit there. And there were things that were tied to that that we won't go into because they weren't in writing. But uh, uh, in you know, regarding our union, uh, they needed some leadership there, and uh, so we'll, uh, you know, know that they tried that, and I, of course, just ignored it. And then they started saying I was just, you know, way out there. He's way out there. And then when I got involved in the Diva, you know, oh, you know, he's just crazy. He's well intended, but he's crazy. And of course, I was right. Okay, so that crazy didn't work so well. Okay. And, you know, then, uh, you know, not only right, but it's now cost us almost because of the VIBA and the all overriding ancillary aspects of it, it's cost retirees about $4,000 a year, arguably more or, or a little bit less, depending on your circumstances. But today, today, my enemies, they have a new buzzword for all their, their enemies, my en- you know, that are my enemies of mine. And that's, oh, you're trouble. Trouble is the new buzzword. It's not you're crazy anymore. Oh, you're trouble. You're just trouble. Okay, and they try to, you know, dissuade people from associating with you or doing anything of meaning, uh, meaningful value with uh, you. But as you notice, you know, I don't have enemies in every aspect because I've helped to raise a lot of money just this fall for the working poor and the abstract poor. Those people actually living in the rough, they call it. By the way, England went up. For those people living in the rough, that means out in with no shelter, theirs has gone, it was announced today, theirs has gone up 160% since 2010. That's a lot. People living in the rough have gone up by 160%. So if it was 200, that means it went up to 260. I'm sorry, if it was 100, that meant it went up to 260. So that's a lot, okay, increased by 160%. So and that's just an arbitrary number. It could have been thousands, and I just don't know. So, uh, But, you know, there's people out there that are really poor, and I still go out there and help raise money for them. Jeff does the same thing. Most of our team is involved in the community out there helping to raise money in their own area. And we want to thank and recognize our team during this holiday season for all of their efforts of doing that. Thank you very much. So, 
uh, yeah, we stood up for something, didn't we? And, and our enemies still call us trouble. Uh, so we're going to get on with the Powellist Awards. 36 minutes into the show, and we'll wrap this up pretty quick. We'll be short tonight. Uh, and I'll kind of get into this a little bit, describe what the Powell Memorandum is, what it was intended to do, and uh, what its effect has been over the last 47 years. So um, the Powell Memorandum educates uh, about, well, it's a memorandum uh, of August 23, 1971. And it's a plan that was laid out to attack labor. And the Powell Memorandum sought to do this by controlling, one, all levels of the legislature, the judiciary, and the executive branch. And you're seeing that manifest at the federal level right now. We, you know, we, for a while it was uh, Republican-controlled, conservative-controlled uh, by uh, one branch or by one political entity. Uh, and it wasn't working people's uh, political entity. Okay, so and then they asked to control the media, the campuses. They want to control the pulpit. Want to control all levels of education from grade school to grad school. And most importantly, the Powell memo was written to influence the bargaining table and all who negotiate at it, including union leaders. Okay, all who negotiate at the table. Um, that plan has been executed upon labor for the last 47 years with military precision to the point that we currently are today to include management and union leadership becoming, quote, partners, end quote. Well, as it happens, in 2013, I, Leroy McKnight, coined the term Powellist, and a Powellist is defined as any company, organization, or individual that directly or indirectly promotes or supports in, in any way advances the tenets of the Powell Memorandum, as outlined above. And this evening, Working for a Living Radio Show will award the third annual Powellist Awards. These Powellist Awards are intended to be a present to all working men and women across the country and the world, for that matter. Each category will have a winner and a first runner-up. First category is Paulist Corporations. Jeff, you want to take that one? Sure. And the winner of Corporate Paulist Award is General Motors for its Conditions, Reduction of Force, Export of Jobs to Foreign Countries, Threats of plants closings during the holiday season. Good job, GM. Yeah, right. You deserve it. Yeah, they got the they got the award this year. Okay, uh, and the first runner-up for corporate Powellist of the year goes to Verizon for its callous reduction in force during the holiday season. Fourteen thousand two hundred workers they intend to reduce. In the next in next year or so, that's just horrible. Good job, Verizon. You made our list. Ford was there last year. Uh, Jeff, you want to take the next one? 
Sure. And the winner of Individual Policy of the Year Award is, of course, Mary Barra, CEO of General Motors for her calacious and inconsiderate decisions and arrogant attitude in her announcements of GM reallocations decisions. Yeah, Mary. Bad girl. <laughs> That's all you can say. <laughs> Maybe bad woman, but yeah, bad person for sure. Yeah. So you have the award uh, for the winner of the individual Powellist of the year. Runner-up in that category, individual Powellist of the year, is for his anti-union and union-busting activities, for his free-riding, right-to-work support, and recent association with the conservative group ALEC, A-L-E-C, indicating such, uh, such association to negatively affect all unions' ability to even exist. The winner is Mark Janis, traitor extraordinaire to the union movement. So... That concludes the presentations of the third annual Paulus Awards. And they are, again, considered to be presents to all our sisters and brothers who are working for a living. Jeff, do you have anything to say uh, or anything you want to cover uh, before the end of the show tonight? Um, yeah, Leroy, just one thing. Yesterday there was a experimental test at Bull Run Airport. This goes back to one of your emails, buying a car at Bull Run Airport. And it didn't last very long. And they showed a picture of it, and it didn't look good. So I think they're going to still work on this. It didn't really make big headlines in the media, but I did see it on Facebook from, I think it was uh, local news, Detroit, Channel 7, WXYZ, and um, I would have liked to have been there just to watch that. You, know, you, can, you can watch these planes take off on one of the side streets, like right behind the runway. Um, flying car. That's yeah. Something. There's a couple of those out there. Um, yeah. Uh, I've been watching one for a while it has four it's rather small and has four uh individual uh um, shielded uh, uh motors to it they have propellers inside of it much like a harrier jet that sort of rotate and push you up and then move you forward as time as it is it adjusts to going forward uh, it, it goes about 250 miles an hour. can't think of the name of it right now, but it's red, and you see it around every now and then. The other one is the XTI TriFan. Uh, you can Google that pretty easily. It has uh, three such ducted uh, propellers, uh, and they're, uh, they rotate against each other. In other words, one goes, uh, well, each, each one has two. Uh, but there's three of them in total, uh, these units in the in the vehicle, and one propeller goes c counterclockwise and one goes clockwise, so they're uh, kind of working, uh, you know, really fast against one another, but it causes uh, more thrust. 
Uh, two of them are in the wings, and they help to raise you and then push you forward. Uh, there's one in the fuselage that uh, is larger and helps to push you from the ground like a helicopter. It's called Vertical Takeoff and Landing, VTOL. Uh, and uh, this uh, is probably about two, well, a year and a half from uh, production. They've already pre-sold 60 of these at $6 million a piece, and they're coming along quite well. They've put the first ones pretty much together. I think they have some testing to do uh, on it. Uh, it won't be long uh, for that. Uh, and that uh, main uh, one that's in the fuselage closes up for flight, and that goes 450 miles an hour, or nautical miles an hour, and uh, has a range uh, if it uh, has a little short runway, you know, three, 400 feet, uh, it can go 1,200 miles. If it doesn't have any runway at all and must take off absolutely vertically, it, its uh, range is limited to, uh, mathematically limited to, 600 miles or thereabouts, or nautical miles. So uh, it's uh, it's an interesting vehicle. It's going to be here pretty soon. Um, I don't know how many of us are going to afford it, but it, you know, this technology is out there, Jeff and listeners. It's uh, you know, some of the stuff's coming along. You know, and it, while they're going to have their you know fits and starts, if you will, and their hiccups, uh, they. Um, uh, they're they're moving forward and it, it, it's coming. This stuff is coming. Uh, they're talking about you know at this you know discussion I had with his uh, command officer. Uh, he was saying that um, there probably won't be ownership of vehicles as we know it today in the near future. That there'll just be a fleet of vehicles positioned around like like a lot like these little scooters you're seeing. There'll be vehicles that'll be parked in a parking lot, and you'll dial up and say, "Hey, I, I want a hamburger from McDonald's," and it'll commission one of these vehicles to go to McDonald's, use your credit card, pick it up for you, and deliver it to your residence. You walk out, pick it up, and and uh, that ends the the ride for your food to come to you. And if you want to go from one city to another city, 60 miles, you just call them up, and they deliver a vehicle, and you. It, it will transport you without you driving to your destination. So these are these are things that are that are here, and he's adamant that that's going to be the case. I know. I watched Mary Barra be asked by the CNBC uh, um, auto reporter. Uh, you know, when people uh, don't buy cars and it's just fleets out there, how are you going to respond? And she had the look of abstract horror and terror in her eyes because she doesn't want to deal with that because currently an automobile is a status symbol. And that's going to, according to what everybody's saying, that's going to go away. You're not going to be owning a vehicle anymore. Much like the buggy and the horse and buggy, you know, it's just going to change. Then it went to the train and then it went to the personal uh, transportation, the automobile. And that's going to change again. So these are things that are common. It's good to review these at the end of the year. Um, and uh, just let everybody know. Uh, with that said, that's that's really an interesting report there, Jeff. Do uh, you have anything else you want to cover? 
Now, I found the article on Channel 7, and I posted it on our Facebook page. So if he's okay, work, interested, the working page, right? For yep. Yep. Okay. Um, and that's the article the regarding the, the, the flying, flying car. Flying car will run. Yep. Okay. Wow. Okay. Pretty cool. Uh, cool stuff out there going on, folks. Uh, and some of us, you know, might be fighting it. And I'm trying to go with it best I can, actually participate in some of this stuff, you know, uh, you know, to the degree that I'm able to and what's available to us. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the whole notion of Uber and Lyft out there, the, the software exists to do what I exactly and specifically what I just described. So just know that's out there. Um, there's, you know, again, there's a lot of stuff going on in the plants, and you're just being told, well, it's, it can be done by contract. You know, all of these companies and these corporations uh, that have a, uh, a union agreement have what's called a management rights clause in it. And, you know, they can make and do just about any decision regarding staffing or allocation of product any time they want. You know, at, at Oldsmobile, we had a lot of time they would tell us, you don't have allocated product for the next year, and then something would come along, you know. Uh, but there were a lot of those non-allocation periods of time that I went through in my career. So it's not something abstractly new. It might be new to some people because they haven't had that, uh, in their life, but uh, in their work life, but it, it is out there, and it's true that the corporation has assignment of work and location of work uh, that they can do. Uh, you know, I had a committeeman uh, that uh, was really a good committeeman. That was my committee, and I helped him get elected a number of times over some other very good people. But I liked this guy because he was creative. And when he first got elected, he went out there and he got the OSHA handbook. He mailed and paid for it. It was a lot of money at the time, around 100 bucks. He paid for it. And then he reviewed that with himself and all of his peers, and pretty soon he was a shop committeeman. And they implemented that, those rules inside the plant. And they would write a safety grievance every time that something that they didn't like was going on. They'd go over there and write a bunch of safety grievances. And they'd kind of get what they wanted in the end because people didn't, management didn't want to have to deal with that. So then when it come time to adjusting grievances in favor of our members, he pretty much got his way. And later, after I'd left that plant, I heard managers speak highly of him. He was just always there in your face, doing the best he could for the membership. Management respected him for that. The union respected him for it, and we members respected him for it. He remains respected. You know, shout out to your brother. You know who I'm talking about from 
Chevy in the hole. Well, that tactic has seemingly gone away in the new union. We just abdicate everything that the corporation wants. And that's clear in these MOUs, a collective competitive operating agreement. We didn't get anything out of that. There was nothing in that to benefit us. In fact, the two plants that they actually implemented them at are uh, under threat of losing product. So did we really get anything? No, we didn't. And we won't get anything until we start playing hardball. And that doesn't mean going out there with weapons or anything like that. It means playing a smarter game, like I indicated to you in my own thoughts on what could have been done prior to this to even prevent it. But now that it's occurred, what we could do to address it in ways that are beyond the scope of the new union collective bargaining agreement. I'd like to ask you to send an email and if you think we should take this uh, approach more public than just this radio show. If you think that we should get a hold of some elected officials and tell them to hold this company corporation to account like any ordinary citizen they're a corporate citizen if you think we should do that let us know somehow we take it to the next level with that maybe start a write-in campaign tell us your thoughts on that if you want I'll write it up you can send it in and maybe we can change some things in this world these corporations have got away with too much for too long. Having said that, Jeff, it's the holiday season, and next week, Sunday, is the Sunday just before Christmas, and everybody's going to be involved in their holiday. Uh, and then, then the following uh, Sunday is just before New Year's, and they'll all be involved in that holiday. And many people are going to be off for the holidays, traveling around the country. So... You and I discussed this, and we thought that we would not have a show for the next two weekends, and that we would come back on January 6th of 2019. The next live show will be January 6th, 2019. So with that said, it's uh, we're a little early for the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Jeff, you know... Happy holidays. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And I hope that you have a wonderful time with your family and friends throughout the holiday. Listeners, whether you're celebrating Christmas or Kwanzaa or Hanukkah or anything else, we wish you the very best in this holiday season. Good night. Do you want to say anything along those lines, Jeff? Yeah, I echo those sentiments. You have a good holiday, too, Leroy. And I know we'll be in touch with each other. Oh, yeah. Um, so. Okay. Everybody thank have thank a good you. Holiday. Yep. Good night, Jeff, and all you listeners out there. Stay safe around the globe. Thank you for listening. Stay safe and have a wonderful holiday. 
in Mexico and Canada and all across our country, United States, working for a living people that are union and non-union. That takes in just about all of you. Have a wonderful holiday season. Stay safe. Good night, Jeff. Good night, listeners. Good night.